To sideshow, and are you ready to Frasier? That is the question of the day, is it not, Jordan? Yes, sir. Here we are, another fabulous, fantastical edition of Sideshow Frasier, episode nineteen, almost to the big two o. Then two one. I think in some countries we can legally drink at nineteen, right? Oh yeah. Episode nineteen, Canada. Can you drink in at nineteen in Canada? This is all unfounded claims. Canada, Sweden. They get uh, free health care and legal weed, though, right? Mm-hmm. <sighs> what are we doing down here? They get free weed and legal health care. Dear God. <laughs> There's a ghost. Uh, apparently, we have a ghost in the studio. <laughs> we have a door that just creaked itself open. Oh, my gosh. We've got some kind of a creaker Hello? over there. Creaker squeaker. I, I think it sounds good now. Oh, my goodness. I mean, we are just pulling back the curtain. It is just a thin layer of an old man named Oz. This is all a mirage. Anyway, today on Sideshow Frasier, episode 19, Give Him the Chair. One I definitely did not know by the name, but as soon as the plot started, I was like, oh, this is a, this this is a classic. Of course, this is a great one. Uh, so if you've never listened to us before, I recommend you go back, listen to some other stuff, or if not, just uh, we're happy you're here. This is a podcast about Frasier and one other show from the same broadcast week in history. It's hosted by me, Steve Shackelford, and that other man you've already heard over there, Jordan Wilson. <laughs> hey You can call him Mr. Wilson. He's got big Walter Matthau vibes. I'm used to it. Do you have a menace in your life, Mr. Wilson? Like a... Like crabgrass? Like Dennis the Menace style menace? No. I used to teach a kid like that, though. Oh, really? Very Dennis the Menace-y. Would, he would like be like, can I go to the bathroom? He'd like, go to the bathroom and like put soap all over the place. You know, just, sort of, yeah. just a menace. Just like, damn, kid. Like, messing it up. He, I think he probably saw like The Shining or something. You know what I mean? Like, for fine. real. Which is, who cares? It's fine. You know, eight years old. And... All fine. He, he wrote murder on the mirror. All fine. Just like in the, like maybe it was even red rum and like backwards. I applaud it. Yeah. I applaud everything about that maneuver. Not for scaring people, but way to be a provocateur uh, <laughs> from film, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, I guess that's a menace. Yeah. We were watching it at a young age back in the day, that's right? That's true. That's true. I guess it didn't. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, Friday the 13th. Yeah, Freddy. I feel like it was, you know, 10 years old, probably eight to 10. I'm sure we were cracking into that stuff. Definitely. Definitely. You're right. I don't know. Your perspective changes when you're older. You like clowns? Not particularly. Not like, yay, like clowns. But I'm like, it's not, I'm not like afraid of them. You've seen a clown in a normal car, though, right? I feel like we yeah. were driving oh, one yeah. time and we just saw a normal guy. And <laughs> he it turned was, and he, he yeah, was like, exactly. hey, it was on the highway. It's one of the most frightening <laughs> he was in things a van ever. Too. Yeah, it was in a minivan. I yeah. feel like, yeah, incredible. It was a minivan, I guess. I like In my memory, I pictured it as like a white van with well, blacked out windows, <laughs> yeah. like the painted over. Like I don't think it was a Jester the Molester <laughs> van or anything like that. That's how I remember it. But yeah, he was, he was fully dressed up. It might have been like, 
a day. Like it might have been like New Year's Eve. Okay, well then that does like make a day. more like sense. It was a heavy clown day. <laughs> heavy clown trafficking kind of day. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah. So, give them the chair. This episode aired on Thursday, March seventeenth, nineteen ninety four. So we went a month between episodes here. If you recall, in our last episode, it was mid February, and the Winter Olympics were going on. So I don't know if everything took a break or why Frazier took a break, uh, but they took a little mid-season break here. Well, gave a month is. off. State of the Union address. It's always the state. Of, it's a month-long State of the Union address. <laughs> I don't even think people in other countries know what that is. They're like, no. what are you talking about? Why do you keep talking about the State of the <laughs> Union exactly. address? just makes you all sound terrible. <laughs> what union is it? I'm like, it's fine. We don't have much here. G- give us our state of the union, please. <laughs> That's all we have. It's one of our, it's like the Super Bowl. We cherish it in the pregame. <laughs> then nobody knows that Americans, they take off a whole month for the state of the union. <laughs> Fraser did. <laughs> You're right. That's a good tradition. I wonder if we could ever get the government to just give us a whole month off of Everybody's something. Yeah. off for a month. You guys, you get all of December off. Whoa. Like, like there, we Everybody would react like you, like you were in like elementary, like, yay, elementary school style. Like, oh, what? That'd be incredible <laughs> if we were like, just everybody mail it in. Like, the we're not doing The first time in, in this country, the first time that happened, the entire country would just explode. Like, it would just like implode on itself. <laughs> Pretty much. Because retail, month, yeah, yeah. Exactly, like garbage trucks wouldn't come for it a month. Like, retail would go away. Crumble. They're like, no, we can't do that. I got to go to the grocery store. Whose we idea can't give, was this? We can't give everybody off at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're right. I've misthought this. Uh, clearly, society would grind to a halt or, you know, grind to a halt. Uh, so we can't do this. We uh, can't. Well. Uh, but the viewers back up to 29.8 million, the highest it will get from this point on in the season until the finale. So deep cut in viewers last time because of the Olympics, but we're back. We're back up. Okay. So this episode starts. They're at KACL, pretty much like normal. Uh, Frazier is giving a review of a book called The Menopausal Male. <laughs> Jordan, you're worried about uh, experiencing some menopausal symptoms yourself, yeah. some hot flashes, some sweats like that. I just experienced one of the most intense, like, I don't know if I had low blood sugar. I don't know what was going on, but we were just chilling. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, Lord, <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. And then I had to lay down and get underneath the fan. And it was, yeah, tempted to like old school, just like run my head underwater because it was like a hot flash. Like, and then I ate. Thank you for providing a snack, a healthy snack for me to to consume so that I could calm down. (laughs) Have you consumed any questionable food products like expired olive juice or? Yeah, it might have been those banana peppers. Banana peppers? Yeah. Yeah. What are the ones that uh, you like? Pepperoncini? You're love. a big fan of those? I love pepperoncini peppers. Do they give those to you with anything else other than pizzas? Or is that a pizza-only kind of accoutrement? Maybe wings. Okay, wings. You get the pepperoncini. Yeah, you get pepperoncinis on top of like some salads and stuff. I love when I find one of those in the wild. Okay, when you, you order, it's like, oh, yes. That's what I mean, I don't I see them. I got a pepperoncini them. on here. Right. I don't see them out enough. Um, so, yeah, interesting. So, did you consume anything like that that you think might have uh, so. caused this? Okay. Did you run a few wind sprints earlier? Yeah, that was probably it. I had football practice. Football practice. <laughs> To be a wind sprint, do you have to have the parachute behind you? 
like where you like tie that thing to you and you like run and then is that what that is i don't know what a wind sprint is is it just to get you winded or is it like you fight against the wind just another way of saying do some sprints (laughs) i never knew i was like what's a wind sprint i'm like i don't know know what that means every time i ever heard that it was just sprinting like it was just like okay you go between this yard and this yard line and like (laughs) you heard it from a guy named cletus Uh, so Frazier is interviewing Dr. Gruga, author of the book, and this is voiced by Malcolm McDowell, dude from Clockwork Orange. Oh, okay. Uh, Dr. Gruga, not too interested in plugging his book, it seems like. A little more interested in the sultry sounds of Roz Doyle. <laughs> yep. Asks her out pretty immediately, I think. Yeah. Fra- Fraser tries to reset the combo. I feel like he even was like, Fraser, hold on one second. I really yeah. want to talk to Ross. He did, yeah. That's <laughs> like Fraser tried to reset back to plugging the book and the guy's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm here for one thing. I'm horned up. I want Ross. Ross, what are you doing later? Let's and Ross out. was kind of into it because she was like, alright, guys, got a book deal. You know, we'll see. The ball's on him, man. I suppose, but she should have been tipped off immediately by the menopausal male title that he might have been an older, no no weighing in on the attractiveness there. You could be a zaddy, I suppose, sure. or a good-looking older dude. Oh, yeah. But Frazier flips around the book cover and shows Roz the like back cover where you can see the dude's photo. Yeah. She's not into it. No. She, she bails. She's like, no, I'm, I'm tied up tonight or yeah, something. I'm out. I'm out on this. Uh, so she declines. Then we get back to old Fraser's apartment there. And, uh, I believe Niles is the only one who arrives so far and he's looking for Fraser, but not to see Fraser. He's just trying to drop off a necklace that he can hide there. Doesn't he have an office that he can hide his own crap in? Sure does. I'm always confused by this as the like pretense to get him over to the house. Like, hey, I just bought this necklace and I had to hide it. Right. It's like a situation that's easily solved by his other private space. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think maybe he's worried about the cleaning staff is the only thing I can think about. But like, just put a locked cabinet on your desk yeah. or something like that. So anyway, that's how we know that he's just making it up so he can go over. Right. In this one, like, I don't know that he knew this was a time when Frazier wouldn't be there because only Daphne's around. Right. No Martin, no Frazier. So <laughs> immediately I'm like, all right, Niles is either super, you know. So we can probably assume that he had talked to Frazier and Frazier was like, dad and I are stepping out or like dad's doing this and I'm going out and. That's almost maybe the he deeper was like, thing. Maybe he was like, who's going to be? Yeah. Well, and where, where's, where's she going to be? I'll go by with this necklace yeah. and kind of show off to Daphne a little bit under this pretense of, hey, I just got to hide this thing here. What an asshole. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for now. But like, if he's calculating all of that, because it does seem innocent enough. Yeah. Um, and then what takes place from there is, hey, Mary, or sorry, uh, you find out that he bought her emeralds. Yes. Daphne is entranced by the emeralds, and uh, Niles wants to try let her try it on. Yeah. So I think he decides he's going to put it on her himself. And he, uh, when he's trying to get the clasp done back there, drops it down her blouse. <laughs> and, uh, of course, in a uh, typical fashion, that's when Frazier enters, is when Daphne is reaching into her shirt and it looks like she's trying to resituate herself and what did she say she was like uh can you see can you see him or something like that oh i don't recall the exact line she gives right she said can you see him can you see him and her girls (laughs) i don't know if that's what she meant 
but and then or see the emerald yeah niles is like okay. Niles is like sure can sure can <laughs> okay good all right yeah good play there i i appreciate them going for it uh and niles just admits he was a butterfingers so what do you think you think he meant to do this and try to get that emerald down her shirt i don't think he meant to get it down her shirt no, okay but he he definitely i mean just fumbled the it. way that he opened it he was like and he like slapped it out and right. she caught it like <laughs> So you think it was all just unintentional fumbling, yeah. nothing subconscious here about... It was hey, a happy my, little accident. Happy accident, all good. Yep. Uh, so then Marty enters, says he needs to uh, get Mara something if it's her birthday, suggests a ratchet set, because he was just at the <laughs> hardware store. <laughs> That's a great gift. If you is is me, it a great if gift? If you get me a ratchet set, for my, if you give me some tools, give me tools. I'll, I will happily <laughs> accept some tools. Here you go. I don't know what they do, but here you go. And I'd be like, thanks, man. A bolt stripping kit. <laughs> so you're a lot like Marty, it sounds like. Yeah. A bolt stripping kit would be uh, right up your alley. Yeah. I don't think that Marty was putting a lot of thought in to this gift for Maris. I think he was just trying to make a joke. <laughs> and then Fraser quips back that it's not like there's anything else on her uh, that needs to be tightened. Or something along those lines. <laughs> or could use tightening. So, had they mentioned that she gets a ton of surgery? I know she's meant, they've mentioned that she's like recovering maybe from something once or twice. Yeah, I think, I think. But I don't remember this being a big old joke where she's like tightening and getting liposuction all the time or something, or like Botox like all the time. chiseled and like. <laughs> yeah, I always thought she was more, I don't know, just petite naturally and just no, like see, so those are some well of those, those or, are some of those little quick jokes that, that david hyde pierce delivers when it's just like oh he's you know just off the cuff she's getting her you know right. shoulders grafted or like you're right like, you're right you know, there is like, plenty of that fuck? where there are weird medical procedures <laughs> for sure shoulders <laughs> grafted sounds more normal <laughs> that seems more like i was like the tightening i was like is she okay i was like I, the tightening you need to shave me, some bone off this part of her body that sounds more normal it's like, all like cosmetic elective like exactly she's too tiny stuff. i remember that where it's like she's too tiny to hold this stuff or she's too frail where you're like like tightening okay <laughs> like whatever <laughs> um but we see that martin was at the hardware store to grab some duct tape yeah uh, slaps it on his beautiful chair fraser quickly devolves into loathing the chair's existence in general you got a nice lazy boy you recline no yeah me either i don't have anything like that i got two small kids at home Our, ours is just covered in filth and like just spills and like turned so over sandwiches <laughs> it's just yeah no i don't we bought a bunch of furniture when we moved in and and it just when we were like man we know we're gonna have kids and i mean we had a kid at that one kid at that point we're gonna burn this whole place down someday <laughs> i think that was we were like, the yeah. insurance money <laughs> <laughs> what that's everyone's backup plan right <laughs> Are you allowed to admit that on a podcast? I don't know. I hope nobody thing? from the insurance claims department is listening. Oh, God. Nobody listens to this. <laughs> it's fine. It's true. I mean, it's quite the opposite, actually. Only insurance claims adjusters listen to this. That's we right. are we huge are the, in that we're demo. The official insurance claims adjusters union uh, podcast. Uh, so, you know, the union podcast. There, are, there should be more like niche union podcasts with some real wacky dudes <laughs> that are looking to, like, we don't want to talk about union dues. We're here to just cut up about all the fun stuff going on I in the union. I guarantee you there are. Really? Man, Guaranteed. I got to check this. 
Got to check some of those out. The lighting guys, unions, cut up. <laughs> the hey. weekly podcast. Hmm. I wonder what they cover. Lights. Issues. Ballast. Light and Ballast magazine articles. Uh, <laughs> things of that nature, I would imagine. Wattage. I bet there's a lot of wattage talk. Um, Amperage. Amperage, right. Ohms. Oh, yeah, ohms. That's ohms. a good word. The OHMS. That's ohms. a good one. Ohms. If there is one thing DIY that I will not go near, it is definitely electric stuff. Oh, God. No. <laughs> like, I'll do. I mean, I will. I'll disconnect and like, you know, a light and hang a fan. I can do that and turn the, turn the, the, the yeah, electricity I'm, off. But I mean, I'll get my bread out of the toaster with a fork. But I mean, I'm not <laughs> going to like really work on something. Right. Yeah. Yeah, also, hand. don't do that, by the way. <laughs> not not advice. I've been burned and almost killed several times doing that. Please don't do that. Seriously, but not seriously. All right, so then Marty exits, and uh, Frazier and Niles discuss how maybe they can talk to the old man about getting rid of the chair. But unfortunately, Frazier does not want to confront him about this, so Niles is like, hey, maybe you could just get rid of it. Uh, maybe the guy's just holding on to it as a transition piece. Terrible advice. <laughs> it is Niles who's like, just swap it out. Terrible, Buy a new one terrible and advice. dump the other one, basically. And do you think Fraser took his advice literally on the dump it in the other one? He said he put it in the storage That's space. the thing. That will come up later, but Niles is the one who plants this seed of like, hey, just throw it by the dumpster. Just throw it out. Which is like, damn, Niles, that's ice cold. Niles is a real a-hole to his dad, too. Yeah. I feel bad Would for they Marty. be considered wasps? Jordan. I heard that term the other day. What is, do you mean you heard that term the other day? Yeah, I mean, yes. Is that derogatory? White. I'm just asking. And so this I don't is know the their religion, format. but yes, they're probably white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. Yes, they're oh, not. Oh, is that Ju- what that is? Jesus acronym? Christ, yes. <laughs> I didn't know that. It's one of the few things I do have some research and prior knowledge <laughs> to. Oh, so I, I apologize to, if there's anybody that's Lord. offended by that. <laughs> Good God, I was trying not to get into that today, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I would say when the term stereotypically waspy is thrown around, a wound, a wound. Uh, then yeah, Frazier and Niles would qualify into that bucket okay. traditionally. You don't need to get snippy about it. I was just curious. I obviously typically, caught you off guard. <laughs> typically, so typically, it's a little bit more of a Northeast thing from when I heard it, when I hear it like thrown around like yeah. a... A Princeton kind of guy or that kind of thing is okay. typically where I hear it used, but I believe, yes, it's just white, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's okay to talk about because they're not the type of people that are going to like rally and come after you for oh, like, being, dude, like, you don't know, throw a, throw a, you know, a picket sign up and talk about how, you know, <laughs> we're treating them unfairly. <laughs> like, mean, you're the 1%. Well, I just thought a guy like you would be talking about <laughs> hornet's nest or wasp's <laughs> nest or something like I that. Did, or some I, of okay, those mud so daubers. I did see a cool, a cool thing the other day that was like, you can make like this paper mache. Paper mache. Oh, see, yeah. Uh, papier papier mache. We've got class here. We do have class. Uh, papier mache wasp's nest. Okay. See that? You can hang it. That's and, an urn. And <laughs> it apparently will keep them away because they won't the a wasp won't build a nest within like 200 yards or something of like another wasp and so that's pretty good though, that's because- big wasp trying to sell you with those talking points that's <laughs> <laughs> all they're doing big wasp <laughs> order our product that's right hey you need to buy this because another wasp can't come <laughs> between 200 yards legally they're it's, not allowed it's to. just an ad <laughs> of course it is big what company. are you gonna do 
What are you going to do when you buy it? Wasp and then a wasp industry. comes around. <laughs> yes. You know that wasp conglomerate. <laughs> They're trying to keep wasps alive. They want to keep selling you other crap. They just sell you bear, faulty it's, products. It's the Bear Corporation. They have a just a They've complete monopoly. That's true. They want they want to keep pumping you with that spray. God damn it! So you're going to buy that spray and that fake wasps nest. They got me. They, yeah, they got me. Then you're going to get. I've one already of those, ordered seven of them. And you're going to get one of those like mosquito net things around your whole home and stuff like that. You'll be wearing those beekeeper masks before you know it. <laughs> you're going to be in deep okay. trying to protect yourself from wasps. People would 100 percent think that I was a psychopath with the way that I keep no. my lawn. Yes, they'd what? be like, "That is a serial killer within that house." <laughs> <laughs> That person is too clean and too worried about everything. I mean, being named Jordan Dahmer Wilson is a little <laughs> tough. I agree. Your parents probably hey, should have picked have another nickname. I have always struggled with that. It's tough. I mean, and the fact that you dare, went by Dahmer in high school was really to tough. Bring, look, it was, you know, that was... DW! A, it was a different time. Guy. D, DW! Yeah. Dumber, dumber. I was also <laughs> oh, I was the number one quarterback. <laughs> exactly. When they started chanting for you for that long snap you made <laughs> in, in the fourth quarter of the divisional championships that we lost, man, <laughs> people loved it. I was the deep snapper. That's the that's the truth, bud. Deep Dahmer. Yeah. They loved him. Don't call me that. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> come on. It's fine. I don't like it. <laughs> Hey, sometimes nicknames just stick deep, Dahmer. Don't fight it. Uh, so Frazier considers just buying a new chair and getting rid of the old chair, basically. That's how this scene ends. Then we cut immediately to the reclining store chair. I didn't want to call it the lazy board chair because it definitely looked like it had multiple brands, but this looked like just chairs. So it might have just been a furniture section of a bigger store or a chair section of a bigger furniture store. Well, they had it. There was a knockoff lazy. It was yeah, lazy, lazy guy. guy. That's why I was like, I don't know what store this would be, but it looked like just a big old chair. Yeah, store. I mean, it was like a furniture store, I'm sure. And it was probably like, you know, a middle class, like a, just a furniture store. What's a furniture store? You know, Haverty's. Yeah, exactly. That's we have a lazy boy store up here. Yeah. Doesn't we have one around the corner? So I was like, okay, are there just generic chair stores? I don't know that there are. But yeah, well, I mean, basic there, furniture there are, stores. But those yeah. are the stores that Niles and and Fraser would go to, like the high end, like yeah. you know. Oh, we sell custom chairs. Mm -hmm. But this place did not have that kind of a snooty sales fellow. This guy sounded just like Marty. Uh -huh. <laughs> and he, had, he really wanted nothing to do with the sale either. That's what I was like. What is this was business model? Dismissive. He's like me He's like, at it's work. It's over there. Yeah, that's me at work. I love it. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to be here. You know, just do what you want. Figure I don't care. Yeah, you figure it out, dummy. <laughs> don't come to me for help. What do you think I do? Work here? Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they, they ask for a recliner in suede. Mm -hmm. Seems bold. To go with suede, there. Suede uh, is a that's that is difficult to clean, right? Well, and it's a selective type fabric. You know what I mean? Like, just get a, a standard fabric chair. It's soft, but yeah, that's the only thing I could think as an advantage. And they're so not thinking about like what if they were going to replace it. You have to think and be like, what is dad? What would dad choose? We need to choose the chair that he is going to want to upgrade to, even if they're going to be so bold to just do that. And that is what's odd is the entire premise for this episode is basically we're not going to consult this guy. 
And this is not even a gift, really. We're doing this for our own benefit. And like, we're just going to rip this off like a Band-Aid. So he really has no chance to protest. We're just going to buy it, put put it it in in. the house, hope to God this works out for us. So (laughs) that's what Niles and Fraser are doing here. Uh -uh. Uh, So they spot a leather reclining massage chair. And now everyone gets to start trying the massage features. Heck yeah. Niles hops in, has the ride of his life. Frazier <laughs> immediately falls in love. I yeah. think he says, oh, mommy, or something like that. He, something, ma- oh, mama. Yeah, exactly. He exclaims something. I can't remember. So we cut right back to the apartment. The chair is gone. We open with Eddie barking <laughs> at the vacant hole where the chair <laughs> used to reside. <laughs> then long-haired Leo comes in, arrives with the new chair. This is the first time we see Leo. Yeah, I love Leo. Because Leo's on a few times. Yes. He makes a cameo. That guy's hilarious. It took me a second. I was like, Leo comes around more. Yeah. I was like, all right, Leo's a good dude. Uh, so he puts it in after bumping over some crap in Frazier's apartment. He's like, happened. don't worry about it, Mr. Crane. I'm a complete comp- professional. God, is that Leo here in the room? Dear heavens. <laughs> incredible. Uh, Daphne hops in the chair. She enjoys the massaging feature as well. She seems quite pleased with it. Martin arrives. The big moment is here. Frazier unveils the chair. There's really no... They're standing in front of it. Yeah, there's no big grandiose unveiling, but it's like, look at your new chair. Are, you, Mar- are you happy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Marty's seems shocked more by the loss of his chair than think, anything else is what I would say. They could have written in the line like, you love it. <laughs> Like, right. you know, like when you're just like trying to just, you know, use reverse psychology on somebody. Yeah. You love it. You love it. <laughs> I can see it in your eyes. Uh, but he does not. Uh, Frazier quickly does mention, though, that, hey, the old chair is down in the storage space. So anything goes wrong here, you don't like it. Don't worry about it. I still got the old one. It's in the storage space. Don't worry about it. Right. Martin has to test out the massage feature. He looks shocked already. You can tell he doesn't dig it. He's dubious. But let's check out the massaging. What happens uh, What happens when he jumps in there? Does he love it as much as the others? As much as Daphne, Frazier, uh, <laughs> Niles, and Jordan? Would think, you would think that he'd be all about a massage chair. I mean, like they're designed for, for guys like Marty. Uh, no, he exclaims, that's disgusting. What is that massage chair doing to people like, (laughs) where is it massaging? Like, I thought for sure this was just like calves, quads, you know, or sorry, hammies or whatever. Have you been in one of those massage chairs like the state fair that like completely encompass you? Not a long time. Oh, buddy, you got to hit it up. I thought they this like year, ruined your back or something. Probably like, that. like if you use it on like a daily basis all the damn time. But like just go after walking around at the fair, go sit in those things. We do it every year, <laughs> every year. It is the and you never buy one and the guy will come over and talk at you, but you just don't <laughs> listen to him. Hey, buddy, you're the 250th sweaty dude that came and sat <laughs> well, in this yeah. leather chair. Okay, like yes, I got, I got to sell this thing. I can't keep burning wipes every time you guys get up i gotta wipe this thing down inevitably that guy always talks like his sales pitch is always geared towards me but about my wife and so oh yeah every time he's like 
Woo, she looks mighty comfortable this time. You know, <laughs> like, look at the look on her face. She looks like she wants this chair. <laughs> Let me put you in a massaging chair, hot tub duo. <laughs> it's only only 9,400. <laughs> <laughs> we can finance it for you right now. You just put 5,000 down. I can, you know, if you've got that, I can bring <laughs> 5,000 down. <laughs> hey, it's sir. easy. That's right. Hey, you just put 60% down. We can get this hot tub over and anything else. We're like, uh huh. The hot tub blows up. Okay. Yeah. It's an easy <laughs> transport. It's going to blow up. The markup on these things is about. Two thousand percent. So uh, our margins are pretty good. We're going to make the money off that APR 60% about twenty five percent. Financing is uh, one hundred and ninety months. So it's going to be a little while. It's about a twelve year commitment. That keeps your payments low, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're working for you. <laughs> I love when they try to make you think that they're working for you. I got got once at a car dealership. I went to a. <laughs> you're going to say a carnival. Nope. I was like, that sounds about right. <laughs> nope. But yep, um, I went to Drive Time. Shout out to Drive Time. I don't no know shout they're, out Drive Time. Think, they're a terrible dealership, Jordan. I don't know don't that do that. I don't know that they're even still in in business. They might not be for deceptive practices. Yeah, they were very deceptive. Um, when I was in need of a car, I was younger, and I paid almost twenty percent APR. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, maybe that was just because of my credit at the time. I'm not sure, but boy, howdy, that'll happen. Boy, howdy. They're not fun over there at drive time. Boy, people really love financing rate talk. Mm. That's what they come here for. I can <laughs> tell you that. Again, thrilling. Golf, a a golf tips are, and financing. The, the, the numbers are flying in right now. I can tell you that much. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, so I would imagine that this massage chair was like tickling Martin's uh, genitals to be nice about it. Like, <laughs> how could it be disgusting to have your calves and like hamstrings worked on it wasn't his legs it was his back i'm sorry i'm sorry the the worst guest ever (laughs) you've been demoted to guest staff i'm not even a co-host anymore let me update my sheet here and uh my guest don't don't write that yep it has to be written damn it in blood i think it was more his back so like it was like okay because think about when you remember those ones and they have like the rolly balls that like roll out you know inward to outward on your back Uh uh-huh he probably thought that was disgusting. Okay. That doesn't seem like it's an invasion of privacy or disgusting. It seems like he may not dig it, but he didn't have to use the massage feature. Yeah. He did say he hates black leather and all that stuff. So it they, sticks to his back. Yeah. They probably should have checked about what fabric he would have wanted before they just went out and bought a dang chair. I agree. Incredible. <laughs> uh, so Frazier does not like it when Marty says like, eh, I don't really like this chair. Take it back. Get me my old chair back. He's... He starts slapping duct tape all over this thing. Yeah, he's like determined to... Yeah, he's throwing a fit. Throwing a little fit. Oh, yeah. Uh, And Martin finds out from Leo that uh, the chair is actually not down in the storage space there. The chair was taken by the dump. So as soon as they put it downstairs by the dumpster, somebody took it. So now Martin knows it's gone. He's really pissed. And now Frazier and Martin are in a huge blow up here with each other. Frazier dumps crumbs all over the new chair. Frazier's, I think he pours a beer on it or something like that. He's like, fine, I'll make it like your old smelly chair, you garbage chair. And he takes Eddie and shakes some fur all over him. You're going to return it probably, right? I guess not. I think he was about to give it to Daphne from what I understand. So poor Daphne. Mm, They should have had to, well, at the end, they should have done like the ending sequence with like, 
what's his face down with that chair in the storage space? Leo, yeah. just chilling with yeah, it, like reading a big skater magazine. <laughs> yeah, he would. He did look like he was into skater magazine, like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like comic. <laughs> he did have that vibe. Um, so Fraser tells Martin he'll get him any cherry once. Uh, then Martin gives quite a lovely speech about how he just wants his old chair. Mainly because of the memories associated with yep. it. I'm not going to get into them, but it was basically Forrest Gump for Martin's memories. <laughs> like, I want the chair that I saw the moon landing in. <laughs> you know, I want the chair where JFK. He, he goes through a laundry list of like historical events and then some personal stuff. I'm like, okay, we get it, Martin. A lot of big stuff happened and you sat your ass on the chair or whatever. You know, I'm like, got it. We get it, Martin. It was your. It was his life, Steve. It's a fucking chair. How dare you, you it, cynic? It's a chair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I understand having an emotional connection to it, but I want the chair I was sitting in when my, you know, what did he say? When you called me to tell me that Freddie was born. Right. Did you save the phone? Did you save, I don't know, anything else associated <laughs> with that moment? I mean, like... The moon landing, did you save the TV you watched it on? Like, so, is the chair the only thing that you kept in your life? And well, let's, so, talk, let's talk about get it. Get rid of the chair. It's maybe, been around maybe it was. too long. Maybe that was it. That was all he had from his prior, like, uh, of his possessions. And it was like a symbolism of, like, you know, letting go of his old life. Yeah. He wasn't ready to do it. Okay. I think even he would agree that is insane psychologically. <laughs> They're like, Hey, well, let's say you live another 30 years or something, Martin. Do we really need the moon landing chair? It smelled like this is the end of old Yeller. They're like, hey, man, like <laughs> that chair ain't going to make it, buddy. <laughs> like eventually you can't keep slapping duct tape on this thing. So this is the part when he went through the memories. I was like, I kind of agree with Frazier more at this point now. Have you like, nothing? Do you, do you possess nothing that holds like a uh, sentimental value to you that you've kept for a long time? I do. Okay. It's often kept in storage or does not accrue a smell <laughs> over time <laughs> and is not associated okay. with a fabric. So, so it, like, it is literally something you are preserving. Yeah, like, yeah. like people keep their wedding dresses sure. and like that's the thing. There's all kinds of mementos you can keep. Typically it doesn't take up as much room and is not a physical piece of Something furniture that you're using every single day and that you use the moon landing for <laughs> as a reference point <laughs> i mean i guess it was only 30 years at that point or not even so it's fine but even still it's like dad you're talking about the moon landing here <laughs> like let it go to a certain degree like you got to be able to let your mm -hmm. material possessions go a little bit or like we'll find it then can we maybe put it in storage or something like I'm happy to keep it. Uh -huh. You can't sit in it every damn day, dad. This sure. is absurd, but who knows? Maybe he was crazy and they're like, we're not going to F with this crazy man. He'll shoot us. <laughs> who knows? He's a cop. Yeah. Marty exits. There were no jokes here. It was too heavy for me. Typically they would do like Daphne walking across a weird room or like, you know, some, some kind of yeah. gag. I was like, Jesus, they just, Ooh. They just ended it. They did. It was yeah. dramatic. It's a so, deep one. But then they cut to KACL. Ross and Frazier discussing Ross's date from Saturday night where she hooked up with a dude, then during her walk of shame, stopped by a church and uh, <laughs> asked the minister to use his phone. He pointed out that her shirt was inside out, and now she's going to go on a date with the minister <laughs> that night. Y yep. 
That's a horned up minister, it sounds like. Yeah, and she was like, can ministers date? <laughs> well, it's like, oh, <laughs> Or hey. have sex, are they celibate, she said. Hey, honey, looks like uh, you are on your walk of shame and you banged a dude last night. You want to maybe go out with me tonight? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, He's an edgy minister. Seemingly, <laughs> where I was like, I would investigate that minister pretty quickly. I mean, he's allowed to be amorous and promiscuous, but think, that's like, a little fast. What do you imagine it looks like? Like an old, like an old church, like a chapel. And <laughs> she like creaks the door open, <laughs> walks in. It's like raining, and she's wet. And <laughs> is this a minister, penthouse forum that minister, you're reading? Maybe I don't know. And the minister is just in my brain. The minister is lighting candles at the altar, and he turns and he looks, and he's like, and you hear then like the music kicks in. That's a good scene, right? That would be. They you're right. Put that in there. They should have. They, I should direct these things. They chose not to cast all the extras because she did get to tell the story about how the audience was leaving the show and stuff <laughs> yeah, like that. Like she show. borks this, right. everything associated with church, you know, <laughs> this, this show. That's it. So I don't think they wanted to direct all that. They're like, it's funnier for us. Just tells the story. No, it's that is funny. People. Cause that gives a lot of insight on, on, you know, her upbringing and the fact that she is not religious at all, oh. like has no clue. <laughs> I, I love it. Good for Roz. Good for her. As someone who had to go to more church than I would ever desire to go to. Good for Roz. I'm proud of her. Yeah. Uh, so by the end of his, uh, show or sorry, Fraser starts the show by talking about the chair saying, Hey, uh, my old man's chair got left by a dumpster. Here's what it looks like. If you have seen it, if you know anyone who has it, give me a call by the end of the show. He's gotten a few crank calls about how it's at the top of the space needle and other <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, but he does get one legit lead. So somebody has the, the actual chair or they know where it is. Right. So then we cut to a theater rehearsal at a junior high. Mm. Chair is up on an auditorium stage. It's one of the props in produ- in a production. I had so. a problem with this scene. Oh, okay. Let's get right into it. <laughs> it was really just that they said it was a junior high, and those kids, clearly not junior high age. Yeah, they can't make those younger actors maybe work as long. or it, they, How long would that have taken? Can't they work like three hours or something you never know maybe kelsey was cruising around in that robe and there was stuff flying out and they're like get kids that are older like, <laughs> they all need to be at least 16 yeah we gotta have those some. were high so they could have just changed a high school production i did think it was high school i wrote high school and then she specifically she said this junior is junior high. high where i was like all right i'll put down junior high but i thought it was high school as well yeah. i agree that's why i have a problem with that scene okay you can continue you have a problem with the casting director is yeah, you have a problem I with so. i think the scene itself holds up but the <laughs> casting was poor i agree yeah. completely god um, the teacher tells Fraser they're doing a performance of Ten Little Indians. Uh, <laughs> she has no idea who Fraser is and why he's there. At this point, I would consider Fraser a security threat to the school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, there is an old man on our stage meandering about. He's trying to steal pieces of the set. Yeah, get this creeper out of here is what <laughs> I would say. Um, Fraser gives an emotional plea to the theater te- uh, teacher there. He's just trying to get his dang chair back. It does not work. The teacher uh, accuses Fraser of hammy acting, basically, hamming it up, and says, students, you could learn a lot from this. Avoid this kind of hamming it up kind of acting <laughs> that you saw from this man today. And it did seem that way. Like, Fraser didn't really want this chair back. He knew he didn't give a shit. Sure. He's just trying to make his old man stop being mad at him. Right. That's it. Yeah. So I thought that was a good little... uh Good little play there. She saw through the fact that he didn't really give a crap about this chair. <laughs> she's, a te- she's a theater teacher. She knows. She knows. Um, 
the theater, uh, or sorry, a kid runs out. One of the dudes is sick, who's one of the performers. Dr. Armstrong was the character. The exact same character Frazier played in his performance of <laughs> Ten Little Indians in junior high. I like how he said, I, won't, I don't remember any of the lines, yet he did like an entire monologue from it. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, you definitely remember the lines. So we know where this is going immediately. Teacher won't give him his chair back. Kid is sick, who's got to perform in the show tonight. Frazier played the character that that kid played. <laughs> so you know, okay, there's going to be a deal struck that says, hey, if you play this character in this show, you bail me out tonight, I'll give you the chair back. Right. And that's what happens. Uh, so then we cut to the theater performance quickly before the final scene, and Frazier is bowing in a curtain call. How'd they get that chair? Oh, I think they were just driving around. She's a theater teacher. What so do you she, mean? She, yeah, she she's had just driving these, around. She's looking she had for all props. these like incredibly old looking young children in her car and was like, no. guys, we got to find no. some chairs. The actors have nothing to do with that. That's what producers do. No, I mean, your line producer or your art director or whoever on this instance, it would be all the theater teacher driving around and trying to find this crap. <laughs> so I bet she was driving to like vintage shops or goodwill or you know salvation army looking she, for recent and she drop drove offs. behind his building the she, elliott bay towers it's actually pretty smart i do hear that people drive by extremely nice places because rich people don't give a shit they about some stuff they'll just dump it and yeah. they're like this is actually really you know, worth a lot like right and it's not like a bad part of town where you're like i mean it's only worth a hundred bucks it's kind of a pain in the ass to pick it up and move it sure but if it's worth a decent amount you can get it cleaned, verify it has no bed bugs. <laughs> well, you know, you're just like that's a good tip. It's good tip, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, that's I right. Appreciate that. Drive around in Highland Park, Texas, and look <laughs> for some of those uh, nice old couches. Uh, then we get to the credit scene. Episodes wrapping up. Fraser sitting back, or sorry, Martin sitting back in his chair, and Fraser is not pleased at all. And that's how uh, that episode wraps up there. Mm. And now we will get on to our sideshow of the week. It is Home Improvement, the episode Too Many Cooks. And I believe this is a season three, episode 19 here. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure. Uh, So it aired on ABC like Home Improvement always did. It didn't bounce around or anything else like that. They were loyal. They were loyal. And it was a, a major primetime hit at the time. I think we've looked at this before. The numbers are shockingly good compared to Frasier. It often beat Frasier. So America loved them some home improvement. Oh, yeah, buddy. That was a a huge show at that point in time. We started our podcast with it. I'm pretty sure I had a tool time shirt. Did you really? I'm pretty sure I did. Oh, man. I mean, I I see Binford stuff out in the wild now. Is that a real company, though? I think it is, yeah. yeah. So I see some of their shirts out, and I'm like, all right, cool. I'd rep a Binford shirt, but I did not have a Tool Time shirt. That kicks ass. I heard a joke the other day about, like, somebody didn't go out on a date with a girl because she had no idea who who Bob Vila was. Okay. (laughs) What weird message boards are you on? (laughs) I don't know. I I don't know why I saw it on. It was TV or something. I don't remember. Great story. Thank I you. appreciate you bringing that to the air. I, I like to add to this podcast. Yeah, I think the that, best that I can. I think that Bob Beale story was apropos for this episode. <laughs> I think this is the most, uh, you know, right episode for that to exist in. So good job. <laughs> okay, thanks. Uh, so we start the episode of uh, Home Improvement on the set of Tool Time. Looks like Al and Tim are pitching a few Benford products. 
primarily for auto safety and like theft protection more than anything else. Uh, so stuff like alarms, which were a big deal in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Like the alarm system. And the club. And the club. Mm-hmm. So they've got like a Binford version of the club. <laughs> yeah, and then they had Tim's version. It was like ginormous. The 61 million, yeah. I think is what he called it. So not the 6100 <laughs> that Binford had. This was always, Tim's 61 million. the names of the products, too. It was the best. It's like one joke that they just kept pushing. And I remember that when we watched the last one. You're like, these are a lot of the same wells that they've gone to several times, but it still works. So it's fine. They do keep grabbing out of the same bag. but uh, Exactly. So Tim shows off the car alarm he built, and uh, he customized this. So this is kind of what I was mentioning about alarm systems being a big deal. I don't think they like anybody does the like custom I'm going to talk to you thing much anymore no. or is it more prominent? And you'd think that it'd be really really easy to do now. Like you could probably just record it inside your vehicle and then make that your, you know, basically your ringtone for your car. Right. Where they would it does seem or sorry, it does seem like it would be far easier to execute now from an audio standpoint and integration standpoint, yeah. but you know, there's a whole lot of auto execs that are listening right now because we have we have captured that audience as well uh, because of the because of the unions, insurance adjusters, insurance adjusters, and auto execs, auto manufacturers, Correct. the executive level specifically. They love our ribald humor, so they probably just took that idea and they're going to run with it now. Now you can customize your own alarm, and so you can be like, "Please step away from my vehicle." If it's one thing I know about car dealers. They will listen to my ideas and then not execute them, from what I understand. <laughs> <Is> that, <that's laughs> Based on my workplace experience with car dealers, <laughs> they don't care what I say to them. They're going to do whatever the hell they want to do. So you're probably right. They yeah. will take that idea and run with they it. Run with it. Or they will consider it one of my ideas and not run with it. <laughs> if it does poorly, then it's your idea. <laughs> exactly. That, that's how it always works, right? It's this guy. So Tim shows off his alarm. And the joke here I thought was going to be much better. It was just Tim saying, uh, like, back off. Yeah, back off, flannel man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, we had that whole setup here for that. The, the studio flannel. audience loved it. That's what I mean, like, flannel man. And I loved this show. They went, I off, don't... The, they went off the rails. That one guy t- took his shirt off. Ridiculous. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. And just because I'm criticizing it, I will say, I loved this show growing up. I watched so much home improvements. So just because I'm giving it crap right now doesn't mean I don't absolutely adore sure. from a nostalgia purpose <laughs> everything about watching this show. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, so then we get to their studio soundstage. It's after the show. Cooking with Irma, another show on the station. Uh, their set is being brought in earlier than expected after yeah. Tim's show. I took a little joy in seeing the set like roll in, like mm-hmm. them clearing off the old one on the soundstage and then rolling in the new one. And yeah. like Tim just like walked onto it as it was rolling. I was like, oh, that's cool. That is pretty cool. That's a cool move. That is a nice move. Yeah. I can't say I've ever done that. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so Irma lets him know, hey, her daughter just had a child. So she's going to be gone for a whole week. Yeah. So she asked Tim and Al to fill her slot and take over her cooking with Irma show, which seems odd that they couldn't run repeats as if there's no contingency plan for Irma being out for a few days. It's live, baby. You got to do it live. 
I've seen Tim put together best of shows, I'm pretty sure. Like, hasn't Tim been severely injured multiple times to the point of not being able to <laughs> yeah, do the show? Guaranteed. It's like, so maybe Irma's new. Maybe that's what it is, but they I don't, don't have think any, so. They don't have any footage of her yet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's her first one. <laughs> yeah, maybe she didn't legally agree to let them re-air anything or something. She's too old. She's got, well, yeah, and she's just got a, she's got a, you know, real tight contract she might have a tight she's got a, she's got a lot of tight stuff going on that old lady oh, she boy. looked good in that apron oh my god uh so irma asked him to fill in and so tim just assumes that he will be hosting the show and al will be his assistant but irma is quite smitten with al <laughs> and i don't mean necessarily in a romantic way no, she, she just, just likes loves him. al's she vibe loves al. <laughs> so she says hey you know, I'd really rather uh, if Al hosted and you assisted him, Tim. That would be better for me. <laughs> the old switcheroo. The old switcheroo. That's right. So, whomp, hilarity is going to ensue here. <laughs> then we go back to the Taylor home. Jill is looking at Randy's uh, school class pictures. These must have been the group school pictures that you did every year. Yeah. I don't would... know that we did them in seventh and eighth grade, did we? Probably. That's the thing. I have vague memories of Do like you? The, yeah they we would, would put, go out there yeah they put the risers outside like next to the building next to a brick wall and like everybody would go outside at a certain time it was like an assembly type such scenario you you're know? probably right it was for those dumb posters that mm-hmm. they would put up in the walls like the panoramic ones it's like I don't remember being issued an official seventh grade class photo but guaranteed you just threw that shit under your bed and just like it never <laughs> guaranteed. I'm offended. <laughs> I burned stuff when I was a child, no, so I'm sure didn't. I burned it. Actually, yeah, you did. Do you remember that time? Fire! Don't do this, but do you remember that time when we were lighting stuff on fire in your garage? And, nope. Yep, and and there was some glue or something, nope. and, it, and it caught the, yes. your sweater on fire. <laughs> you said, yes, I you, do. What did you say? You no. I don't remember. I don't remember any of this. I blacked out that day. I was on fire due to acetate. I blacked out. Okay, you can't, you, can't, you or me? Somebody kicked it, which is just a terrible. I mean, these are just terrible. You know, I. This these, is why these the internet stories, should exist because without the internet and without enough stuff to watch, we were just playing with fire. Yeah, that's what kids did. We back literally in the day. just played with fire, and Steve caught his sweater on fire. And he said, "Jordan, I'm on fire." Jordan, I'm on fire. Yep, and like scurried to like get the sweater off and kick the fucking fire out. Yeah, it's because I'm cool as a cucumber, my man. That's how I how I roll. You keep it pretty cool. It's actually not true. I'm there wasn't filled. a lot of panic. There wasn't a lot of panic that time. I was used to fire. I played with a lot of fire growing up. I liked fire. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It's cool, man. You never know what it's gonna do. It's uncontrollable. It's true. It's natural. It's an element. Unfortunately, once they showed us on like beavis and butthead and other stuff that you could just light a bunch of crap on fire unfortunately i don't mean to blame that show specifically because well, no. <laughs> i think they got in trouble they definitely did um uh, they can say it again by the way yeah they can't say fire now yeah. which is nice they That's overuse great. it now great. <laughs> as they should <laughs> uh but i like playing with fire it's hard to deny i mean it was fun to play with <laughs> sure. it's you know i don't find glasses and sun and i would say i don't shit. anymore fire yes yeah, i i did do a lot of the magnifying glasses in the sun that that was just cool science yeah. stuff kind of like sid from toy story stuff yep. you know burning like but now i'm terrified if i get burned on anything i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> you know i want nothing to do with fire where's my bone cream <laughs> my thumb it's burnt you know I'm like, it hurts it does it hurts I mean. terribly i want 
nothing to do with fire. I so I think I just got super lucky as a kid, basically, is all I can chalk it up to. In that instance, you definitely did. Yeah, I'm amazed I did not blow my face up at any point in time. <laughs> oh, So Randy uh, in the photo is checking out some girl in class. And uh, so Jill says, oh, you're into this, uh, into this young girl, eh? Well, let me give you some advice that always worked with me when I was a, a wee lass or whatever. And you're like, okay. Uh-huh. So I was like, could you just tell her you're, that she's pretty or something like that? And why don't you role play on me? Tell me I'm pretty. And <laughs> Randy's not comfortable with that it's at like, all. no way. <laughs> and to be clear, Randy is JTT. This is Jonathan Taylor Thomas. The um, one and only. America's teen, thro- teen heartthrob at this time. Oh, yeah. Bigger than the rest. I'm surprised he didn't get, I guess, the the studio audience that, that went to, to Home Improvement wasn't like, you know, whooping hard. But I, I'm surprised that he didn't get like whoops. Like Kramer style, you know, like he would come in and like hear a bunch of like prepubescent girls are like, Wee! Maybe, you know, that's a great point. I'm trying to think if ABC quells that, but I feel like on TGIF they don't. Like when Stefan comes in, people go wild. Yeah. See, I agree. It is shocking. I was like, maybe because the- he was like that big of a celebrity yeah. at that point. He was just as big, if not bigger than which maybe than Tim Allen. So maybe they did tell people like, hey, Com- we can't make yeah. a big deal about like, hey, Brad gets his feelings really hurt when Randy gets a big <laughs> round of applause when he comes on screen. Aww. I would imagine that happened. It might, you know, yeah, like, that's, hey, that's going to not be you know conducive to a good, a good working like, relationship yeah. for kids, and yeah. it's probably not good for their psyche. It's probably either, true to that's be like, hey, true. I work here, so I would imagine maybe the stage producer like, was no. like, cut, hey, just evil or <laughs> evil, even audience level on the applause here when yeah. people enter or something. Because I bet you're right. I bet it went ham and there were girls going nuts. Yeah, it's like he's like the Beatles at that point. He was huge. Maybe they only invited Simba. old ladies or Tim Allen fans. <laughs> they vetted him out and they're like, no, you can't like JTT. You got to be a Tim Allen guy. <laughs> Just a bunch of drunk, rowdy, coked up people. <laughs> Those are Tim Allen fans. All right. <laughs> Tim Allen, great informant narc, love dealing coke. <laughs> um, so then we go to backstage uh, at the makeup stand uh, or makeup booth here, whatever, before cooking with Irma's show. And Tim is giving Al crap already as his assistant. Al gets on stage and it's basically just a rehash of tool time. Yeah. Al, Al introduces himself the exact same way they would on Tool Time, which I think is great. That's the right way you should approach yeah. cooking with Irma. Don't try to take her format. Just say, hey, we're going to do the exact same format we always do here, and then I'll give you my host spin on it. So, so what if Irma's like catchphrase is like, can you smell it? Oh, <laughs> like, God. Can you smell what Irma's got can cooking? Can you smell what Irma's cooking? Mm-hmm. I think that would work for her. Uh, I think I've seen through history that works pretty well if you have a snappy catchphrase. Yeah, or like, let me get you a plate. Or like, you know, like <laughs> it's got to be something like that makes you feel included. Take a seat at this buffet. Take a seat. <laughs> Irma. Take a seat at this buffet. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, so Al introduces himself as Al the Food Man Borland and Tim as Tim doesn't know gumbo from Dumbo Taylor. So, again, I bet nine-year-old me or eight-year-old me just laughed hysterically. <laughs> oh, my God. The food man doesn't know Dumbo from Gumbo. Mom. Yeah, exactly. Have did, you heard did the you joke, Did you hear right? it? It's incredible what they did. Gumbo and Dumbo rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's I'm great, sure. Steve. 
I'm sure I loved this gag when I was a kid, but I was like, okay, you know. <laughs> Steven, can you turn it down, please? Yeah, like, lots of that. <laughs> yes. a lot of that. Don't sit too close to the TV. <laughs> um, so Tim is not pleased with the put down, uh, and the audience is not into his jokes that he's it's like oh gumbo that's the you know green claymation guy yeah. basically <laughs> basically makes Gumby. a reference to gumby <laughs> and the crowd is not pleased yeah no they they, they are sure old old they, ladies they are old ladies and they make sure to show them and they look pissed that's what's odd. they look pissed that he's trying to be funny which is great <laughs> They're so mad. I think they came in with preconceived notions about what Tim Allen was. I think he had a reputation that preceded they him. They hate him. Well, Tim Tim Taylor is a bit of a misogynist on his show. <laughs> a misogynist. Did I say misogynist? Misogynist. Yeah. Mis- it, sounded more, it, sounded, it sounded more like massage, which I like. Misogynist. <laughs> He's a masseuse. No, that's probably why they changed that word to like just say masseur and masseuse or something. Like I don't know. We can't have people keep thinking it's a misogyny thing. Like we, you got You guys got to change misogynist. Okay. Um, yeah. It's, it's hard to say. It's tough out there, man. <laughs> I saw somebody post like a real innocuous thing, just looking for a dog groomer, but they're like. In search of a groomer. And I'm like, oh, you can't put that out there right now. <laughs> it's like, you don't want people looking to groom you in these comment threads. They're you need to jump sp- at this opportunity. You need to specify dog groomer. <laughs> like, you need to get ahead of this while you can. <laughs> this is a PR nightmare. Yeah, it's like, specify the animal, please, for the love of God. <laughs> um, so they don't like his jokes about um, okra. Being from the great state of Oklahoma. I thought that was a great one. Me too. That's I'm a like, great that's a joke. fine food joke. And so that's what's funny is they're like, give them perfectly competent food jokes and then just make the audience hate him <laughs> just because of who he is. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love. I hate that guy. Uh, he, I think he gives an Arkansas. Arkansas. Is that a coleslaw joke? Yeah, it's coleslaw. I know you hate it now. I hate coleslaw. <laughs> we know everybody that listened that has listened from the beginning knows. There's nothing more pointless in this world than coleslaw. <sighs> you know it. I know it. It's a garbage slaw unless it's on Asian food. Yeah, then see, it's a nice. Compliment. We've discussed. You like that kind of sweet vinegary one? Mm-hmm. Delish. <laughs> so that's fine. Maybe Tim Allen was talking about that type of coleslaw. Maybe. I doubt it, though. Probably not. He was talking about like barbecue style, like creamy coleslaw that you despise. Yes, that's the kind. Bingo. Um, Al, he's an excellent cooking show host. He is. Very even keeled voice, very informative, very knowledgeable, steady hand when he's chopping stuff because they go to the overhead views yeah. a lot. So yeah. I don't know that they do that much they, on tool time. No, but I on doubt Irma, it. they do it. And yeah, cooking shows, they do it. So Al, very steady hand, yeah. knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's got good form. He does. Al, uh, or sorry, Tim starts joking about Al's mom. Which would have killed on on tool time. Correct. So he starts going to the same well he normally goes to and says, man, it's a big pot of gumbo. If we put Al's mom in there, it'd be jumbo gumbo. Crickets. Again, nine-year-old me rolling (laughs) on the floor at this point. I am just in stitches, you know, like, I guess I'm not even eight at this point. Sorry, 94. Yeah, I haven't even turned eight. I'm still like seven and a half. Definitely I was rolling just, yeah. on the floor. Definitely. Yeah. Jumbo gumbo. And they said Dumbo earlier. Sorry, I'm bad at my own age. I am eight and a half here. Sorry. <laughs> Don't listen to me for I math. I can see you it's doing too- the computing in your mind. <laughs> I'm like, what year is this episode? I'm like, spring of 94. <laughs> You are born in June of 85. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
how old were you? They're like, I don't know. My man. brain doesn't work like that either, dude. Trust me, it's my, okay. My brain just doesn't work. We I were, think I've we, given up. We, we, <laughs> I can tell. My brain, my brain's like, we know you're done. <laughs> Just, We're going to put it on autopilot and uh, yeah. Let her ride, buddy. <laughs> you hear like a, like, uh, yes, this is uh, Captain Flight. Uh, 32,000 feet. And, uh, we're going to be making our descent into your job today. That's right. <laughs> so please fashion your seatbelts while you go into SEO mode. Just imagine that you are anywhere else while this is taking place. <laughs> it's like a colonoscopy. <laughs> Perfect. And then the, they just, it's just switch on. To beep, Gosh, I love if I could get a brain anesthesia every day before it's I coming. start work brain anesthesia and like actual like in brain music and you're gonna have an ipad an, I, an ipod in your brain i want an eye patch an eye patch. that's what i want <laughs> okay. pirate bitching looking cool you know what i'm saying yeah dude people because people don't know they'll always ask you like, how'd you get that eye patch and like, oh, oh shark yeah. attack buddy this was a barracuda yeah exactly <laughs> gotta have another be a, cool be story like a texas pirate Texas pirate, yeah, because that's a that's not a that's not exactly a. Uh, I bet there are Galvestonian Texas pirates down there at the Gulf. We are, yeah, we are, man. We are, man. <laughs> we are, man. That's a good little gig, Texas pirate. <laughs> Texas pirate. Yeah, yeah, I would do that. Just Google Texas pirate, see what pops up. Actually, don't because that could be dirty. No, yeah, definitely that is a it's, move you don't like want to know about. You do not want the Texas pirate no, done to you no, after Memorial Day. No, I will I, tell you that. No, definitely not. Yeah, you want to keep that in the wintertime hours if you can. Woohoo, <laughs> baby. That Texas pirate gets a little steamy during the <laughs> summer months, if you know what I'm saying. You'll have a weird, <sighs> it's a weird hot flash like I just like I did it, earlier. <laughs> dang right, yeah. Flashing's the least of your worries with the Texas pirate. Uh, so, audience does love Al's joke about Cajun cooking. Do you think they call it that because it, you have to cook it in a cage oh, or something like that? God, that was a laborious joke. Yeah, labor laborious joke. laborious joke. That's right, and it's the same basic joke premise as tim's yep. oklahoma you're like all right so we're just gonna sub stuff out here basically it's just standard <laughs> word puns, puns. yeah puns. Like, okay this is fine <laughs> um tim while assisting al uh bites into some uh some hot peppers no he he doesn't because he was like trying tim, to open them all yeah up. he was like tim can you take the tops off of those <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> he used like mouth. a carrot yeah <laughs> doesn't like bugs bunny would eat a carrot he or whatever like crack the top that bothers me. Learn how to use a knife. I saw a video of a girl who was chopping carrots with her mouth and like spitting them right back into like wherever it was going. And I was like, oh, God, that's tough. No, it, you don't want to use teeth as tools. No, if you can help it. That's yeah. probably a, a good, good advice to give to the world out my, there. My kid, one of my kids uses his teeth to, for everything right now because he's teething. He's got those bottoms coming in. And he's like, oh, these are great. And he like opens everything with his damn mouth. <laughs> yeah. They do that for a while. It's tough when you know it's not going to work. When yeah, like, like you oh. as an adult, you're like, ooh, baby, don't go after that one. That's going to hurt. <laughs> I was going to say, that's going to cut up them gums pretty good <laughs> if you try that Target uh, childproof <laughs> packaging there. Oh, uh, hey, now that's an unopened. It's got the cellophane on it. Exactly. <laughs> you got to peel back and then undo those twisty ties at the bank there. There's no way you're going to be able to do that. That's going to have a, uh, hey, buddy, that's a brand new bottle of ketchup. That's going to have a, a seal underneath the cap <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> once you get that off. Good luck. You're gonna need Good a powerful luck. tongue on that thing. Try to jab through it if Honey, you can. Get the ore gel, baby. Uh, so Tim immediately goes and grabs water 
Al does a great job just hosting the show. Yeah. He's incredible. He's Keeps like, it okay, together. you can see that Tim has uh, consumed some hot peppers here. Uh, now he's going to grab for some water here, which is something you should never do. <laughs> it's a terrible idea. Yeah, exactly. So Al, extremely informative with the play-by-play, and he says, you need to grab a glass of milk. And he even holds the milk up so the camera can see it before handing it to Tim. He had it right there. Total pro. Yeah. Like, he is just, he I mean. He knew Tim would do that. A pro's pro. Sure. I mean, incredible. And uh, then he says, you can also grab some bread. So I don't know if, if he knew Tim was going to do this. He set him up on the bread here because <laughs> the only bread around is jalapeno bread. <laughs> and Al doesn't try to stop Tim from eating it. He just waits, hosts the show, and says, except jalapeno bread. That's don't gold. eat that one. They're going to fire Irma because Al did such a good job. <laughs> I don't know Irma, how much you're Irma, gone. Yeah, I don't know how much Irma makes. Actually, she's got that ironclad contract. <laughs> you're right. She, <laughs> she's been there for eighty she's years. Locked a, locked she up. has to go live. <laughs> she, they won't even run reruns of her. Uh, so Damn. we get to the after show. Tim, he's a little butt hurt. Mm. Is what I would say. He does not want to do the show without him. Yeah, he just wants to bail. Yeah, he's clearly upset with how the show went down. Al tells Tim that he's probably just jealous. That Al's the star of the show. But he hit the nail on the head. Yes, I would say in this <laughs> instance, I think it would be a mix of a couple things. Tim was underprepared, and we'll get to that in a minute. He he thought he could just wing it on a cooking show. Al clearly was not winging it. Um, and that's the thing, on Tool Time, Tim at least has worked in garages before, so he's not... He might be bad at his job, but sure. he's not totally winging it necessarily. No, and I'd imagine Al watches a crap ton of cooking shows. That's what it seemed like. Al was very, and he cooks for himself. Yeah. He's not married. Right. Um, that's it. He's a single, eligible, lonely bachelor, that Al Borland. So he's done a lot of cooking for one and a lot of cooking to try to impress, I bet. You watch it because I love Al Borland. Yeah, flannel man there can go. <laughs> I agree. He's a beautiful human. Amazing. I'm not wrong. He is an incredible guy. <laughs> um, but I agree. He does hit the nail on the head. I think Tim's probably more ticked off that he just like had a poor showing and burned the shit out of his mouth. <laughs> and he didn't know what on earth he was doing. Um, Felt so very out of his element. Yeah, which is fine on his own show because at least he gets to be the star. Right? Right. <laughs> this one, you're right. If I'm not even the star, I'm not going to come make an ass out of myself every day. You don't have to do that, Al. You at least are competent. <laughs> and that. that audience hated him. So that's right. You know, that thing you're like, I'm testing poorly with that. the audience. Yeah, like, what do you want me to do here? Um, so (laughs) we go back to Tim Taylor's home. Brad comes home and this word gets a little weird. I mean, I guess not weird. That's what kids did back in the day, but he says, Hey Randy, I talked to my friend or my girlfriend and she talked to the girl you're interested in. She says she's mildly interested in you. So Brad looking out for his little bro. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I didn't know little bro, big bro relationships were like that where they'd be like, Hey, you trying to get with that girl? I got you, bro. I'll go talk to my girl, get you in with that girl, and I'm going to invite her over here today. And that's what goes down here. Where yeah, if I was Randy, I'd be like, hey, man, one more heads up on this invite <laughs> over thing here. And like, I didn't tell you to go do my fishing for me. Mom told me to say she was pretty or some crap, but all right. I had my plan in mind. Yeah. He didn't seem to mind, though. He, he didn't. It, it was an easy setup, and that's what kids do, but... 
Yeah, it's a rare instance. Well, I guess I, I guess Brad, Brad took Brad the initiative. Brad like, and Randy okay. are kind of tight. They're they're always ganging up on Mark. So I mean, like they're they're kind of like you I know. suppose you're right. They are tight in that in that regard. Like I felt like they were always warring with each other or jealous of it's each more, other. It's more Brad and Randy versus Mark, as I remember it. Poor I mean, Mark. Well, yeah, it's because you're the youngest child. Yeah, that's the way you would remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Jordan. I'm just trying to twist a nut that I <laughs> that see here. Yeah. It's still hanging out of that cat head on your shirt there. Poor my, little kitty my cat. My siblings sometimes ask. This is Big Pow Pow, by Oh, the Big Pow Pow. Big Pow Pow. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, my siblings sometimes ask me. They'll be like, so, I mean, like, did we do anything that, like, really, like, mentally, like, messed you up? It's like, no. I mean, no, but, like. But yes. <laughs> yeah. Of course, I have you a did. fear. I mean, I don't know. I don't remember if I told the story of my my fear of of going deaf comes from them putting on music and pretending that that we're having a really good time and everybody was dancing around. Then they would cut the music and they would still keep dancing around and like mouth to me like you can't hear me, you can't hear me, <laughs> and scared the living shit out of me when I was like five. I can imagine it would. I'm amazed there's not more horror movies like that where everyone's in on it. So it's kind of like the Quiet Place, but yeah. it's like hey. It's like the Truman Show, but reverse. Whoa. We can all talk, but we're never going to let it in on that one person that we have a communication system in place on Earth. Let's see what happens here. Do they try to develop their own communication with us? Do they develop a type of sign language? Whoa. It's a high concept comedy like the Truman Show. We'll see what happens. <laughs> shit, Steve. What? That'd be pretty cool. I know it would be. Right. Get my pen and paper here. <laughs> That's what I'm here for, Jordan, is to half acidly listen to your while old you, stories. While you answer an email, it's from, whatever you're I, doing. Somebody's texting me about when my kids are coming back. I gotta, uh, okay. Gotta take care of Papa Dad. Papa exactly. Stuff. I'm like, oh, this is a uh, time sensitive uh, text I have to send here. <clears throat> Excuse me here, Jordan. Dad, talk about your dad duties. Exactly. Talk about your childhood trauma while I try to turn it into a movie in my half-ass listening brain over here yeah but i always thought brad and randy were like cool together they're like not cool together i mean like they were cool with each other right i agree they are cool together right. sorry they're not that cool together <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to think i was like did they prank their parents a bunch I can't I remember. Know. I don't really honestly remember the series. We'll say they're ambivalent to each other. They bond sometimes, other times, yeah, they're all right. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> when, <laughs> when Jill sees Tim, she's in the kitchen. She's making a gumbo. Yeah. Al's gumbo. Yeah. And she's just digging it into Tim already. Like, she's not super supportive initially. And she's like, Al was incredible on the show today. It was like, well, how was I? Crickets. <laughs> I don't think she responds even at all. She just has a look. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, I mean, come on. And so Tim kind of gets the vibe and he's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I wasn't that great. I'm, I'm not even going to do it tomorrow morning then. And uh, so Jill's like, okay, well, you know, is this because you weren't the center of attention? Mm -hmm. To which Tim, again, understandably, he is the star of his own show. So I could see how... to it. Exactly. On the first day, that would probably be common. So she does rightfully try to like kind of talk him out of this a little bit or be like, hey, let me illustrate what you're probably going through and then try to talk you through this a little bit more. Yeah. So while she's cooking the gumbo, she's asking him to grab stuff. She's not asking him to host a TV show. She's just right. asking him to grab crap around the pantry <laughs> yeah, or from around the kitchen. 
And that's basically what this combo is. Is she's like, you see, Tim, you can assist even me right now. We were talking, and you didn't make any dumb jokes, and right. you didn't do any buffoonish action, or you know, make any buffoonish mistakes here or not anything a, not like a, that. Not a single. <laughs> yeah, none of. I don't think there was many of them in this episode at all. There wasn't, now that there you wasn't one it. of them. There wasn't a single one. Turn this podcast off. Except if they're not even going to do the, the, only, uh, the only time I felt it was at the beginning of the end. So when the theme played. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I don't think he grunted near enough uh, for the quota. No, because that's more. I the, hope some writer got fired over that. I mean, he does it at home. Like he does a lot of that stuff, but he was, he wasn't, he wasn't working on his, on his hot rod or, That's or true. you know, doing anything. It was a cooking show episode. I can't expect him to grunt all the time. Yeah. And sometimes he, he does it when he talks to Wilson, but it was Randy talking to Wilson this time. So you're right. Yeah. But this was a growth moment for Tim with Jill. We don't see this connection often where Jill says, Hey, you know what? You probably were just underprepared and that's why you didn't feel good about today's show. All you got to do is be knowledgeable. I will help you prep for tomorrow's show. Sure. I'll, I'll get you ready for tomorrow. It's cool. Then we go to the Taylor home living room. Now we got Brad and Randy and all those cats all hanging with their girls. Uh-huh. So Brad's got his girl. Randy's got this new girl, Beth. Uh, they randomly put a lot of pressure on Randy to be funny. <laughs> this is always an annoying thing if you're like known as the funny guy. Or like, like, yeah, you made somebody laugh once. <laughs> That guy's real funny. Hey, say, say something, something funny. funny. That's definitely yeah. the worst setup ever. You're like, why don't we just talk? You know, like, or why don't we just have natural combo or comics? Like I'm that. sure go through that daily. They have to hate it. Yeah. I'm sure. And they've got jokes. They've got street jokes for days, but like, I don't want to just do some basic street joke or whatever. Like, it's like, let's just have a you. conversation and maybe I'll say something funny. Yeah. Set up punchline <laughs> in the wrong environment is not going to go down the same way or whatever. You're like, all right. <laughs> yeah. It's not really saying something funny. He was definitely feeling the pressure. Uh, so Randy rolls out a terrible joke about uh, a lemon lemonade, mm. which is a lemonade gone bad, a joke he got from Tim. <laughs> of course, it's about cars. A bad car is a lemon. So lemon lemonade. And the, the, the meta of the joke being a bad joke is hilarious. It is. I think it's a <laughs> perfectly crafted bad, bad joke that's intentionally bad for the sake of being bad, not only to die with the audience that Randy's performing it with, but also be a nice, cheeky, bad joke. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good call. Uh-huh. Uh, Jill enters with a plate of sugar cookies. What a world. <laughs> you know, it's like, man, mom's coming in on dates with sugar cookies. What a what a time to be alive in the 90s. I miss it. Yeah, it's tough. I, that's why we do this podcast, Jordan. <laughs> um, Beth, kind of a bitchy little girl. She tells Jill, <laughs> oh, yeah, my mom doesn't allow sweets because they make you fat. My mom's an aerobics instructor or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Jill's like, oh, yeah, I remember your mom from Meet the Teacher Night or whatever. So yeah. clearly there was a run in. I don't want to make any assumptions about aerobic teacher Beth's mom, but sounds like kind of a kind of a B maybe. I was watching a blooper reel and during that scene, they cut it. They, oh, they cut apart. And she, and, yeah, and she was like. Fuck you, Beth. That's what I recall. Yeah. Uh, I said that was the They energy. had to cut it. They had to cut it, though. Patricia seemed mad. Yeah. Because, like, I, yes, I'm not an aerobics instructor. <laughs> I also, like, am going to school for psychology at some point. I'm not trying to just be an aerobics instructor here right. or whatever. So I think their goals were slightly different. Uh. She's there to bring sugar cookies to her kids. <laughs> Good gravy. Uh, so Randy 
Uh, he exits to the outside after accidentally calling sugar cookies booger cookies. <laughs> and he's very upset. He throws a snowball at Wilson's house. <laughs> and here comes the sentimental talk with Wilson about, hey, Randy, here's how you can I'm keep sorry. your cool. Booger cookie probably was my favorite joke of the whole show. Oh, yeah, it's a good joke. <laughs> my I know it's like a 12-year, like, I'm basically a 12-year-old boy, but like, god damn it. Oh, <laughs> man. A booger, booger cookie. cookie. <laughs> yeah, you can't beat it, right? He was like a googer shuggy, and then he was like, I mean a booger cookie. <laughs> yep. It's a tough, tough break for old Randy there. He's stepping on his words. That's a good sign, though. That means you're into the girl or whatever, or you're just nervous because you're nervous. And uh, that's essentially the talk that Wilson gives them is like, hey, you got to get out there and just try and figure out if she likes you. Sure. You know, that's what it boils down to is no, you got to ask if she likes you. So just go do that. And then you spot or Wilson spots that, hey, that girl best been checking you out the whole time you've been out here. So I think you're probably in the clear. Sure. I think she digs you. <sighs> so that I'm that I'm pretty sure that wraps up that storyline. There's nothing else about that here. So that's how the Randy Beth storyline ends. We assume that Beth they, is into yeah, Randy, and, and that's they, kind of it. They start going steady. Yes, like I don't think there's any like. Oh, sorry, I take that back. There's a kiss that he says he gets later on in the final credits. They wrap it up in the credits. That's scene. right. That's, that's right. right. So you don't see anything else here. They'll wrap it up later. We then cut to cooking with Irma in progress. Tim enters to assist Al. Again, the show is already in progress. It's like Tim enters three minutes into the show or yeah, something. Like, he was real like a whole move. Oh, Tim, I didn't expect you. I didn't know that you were going to be coming and joining us. Yeah. So like audience didn't know he was there. Nobody <laughs> knew he was going to be there. And Tim just walks onto the stage and starts being Al's assistant. It's fine. Uh. Kind of unprofessional, but fine. <laughs> Al makes some of the classic jokes that Tim would make on Tool Time, but more geared toward the cooking audience, so that's going on well. And then uh, Tim, assisting very nicely, he's on top of his game, uh, tells Al, hey, you know, remember, don't overstuff that duck. That's a, you know, just a, just a tip. Tip, yeah. A little tip I got for you. <laughs> and Al kind of put it back. You can tell, oh, maybe Al likes being the center of attention all of a sudden. He liked getting to score points off Tim even though Tim was making the right recommendations. So that's the thing. Tim was now a competent assistant, giving him the right, you know, tools that he would need to prep the duck, and Al scores points off him with a joke. Right. Fine. Good entertainment. But as soon as Tim says something like, hey, also remember, helpful tip, you know, don't overstuff that duck. Helpful for the audience, too. Sure. Al turns into the real (laughs) a-hole there, you know, (laughs) is it? Just a little bit. We don't get much of Al the prima donna, but yeah, we get it for like half like, a second. Like, thank you, Tim. I don't need your advice. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Like, he just damn. dismisses him. We're like, damn, Al is like, I don't care. You couldn't know as much as me. And, you know, he's right. Tim does not have the same experience, but you're on TV. Treat him with, you know, treat him a little better than that. Yeah. You know, keep some professionalism there. And he's not wrong. Right. Uh, so Tim opens the oven. Al gets uh, the duck. Stuck on his hand. Mm-hmm. He is overstuffed this bad, baby. It's a Mr. Bean moment. It is Mr. Bean, and I bet Al feels pretty embarrassed right now. <laughs> so he has to start trying to get this hand out of this duck. So he's pulling and yanking and everything else. And it's him versus the stuck duck. And he starts whipping it around, and then boom, that duck flies off. Flies through the like fake door window <laughs> the glass, on the yeah. set. Yeah. And Tim... 
absolutely loves it. He's thrilled <laughs> by watching Al melt down here and just the chaos of it all, I feel like. He made some joke. I can't remember what the what the word was, but he like made a joke about it being like duck under glass or something instead yep. of some other dish like duck a la ranch or yeah. I don't know. Uh, yes, I forget the words he uses, but yeah, you're right. He does make some quippy joke there. Good call. Uh, I was going to say, I, f- <laughs> I feel like this is where Tim should have realized, hey, how much do we pay Al? Because this was a really easy job. I just showed up. I opened an oven. <laughs> I barely had to prep for this. I mean, yeah, I had to prep a little bit with my wife last night, but I didn't have to chop anything. I didn't <laughs> have to cook Tim's anything. Thinking about cutting Al's pay. A little bit where he's like, how much do we need, Al, on my show? It seems like this assistant gig is actually pretty easy based God. on what I just saw here. That would be so fucked up if he was like, <laughs> you know, Al, we've been doing some budgeting and some reconfigurations here, and we're giving you a demotion <laughs> or a pay cut. What? <laughs> what? Come on. But Al. Al's a competent guy. I just felt like this was a pretty easy day for Tim. He didn't get injured. That's true. Didn't have to do much. I mean, he's got got to be an assistant. So <laughs> if the pay's the same as a regular host, like, dude, try to be an assistant. That <laughs> seems like a sweet gig. Don't worry about being the center of attention. That's very All true. good. <laughs> uh, then we get to the final scene. Or it's, it's kind of like the credit scene here. Or it, it is. They're rolling credits under the bottom. Uh, Jill and Tim are on the couch watching the Cooking with Irma show from that day. Tim did a great job. Jill is impressed. She is. Randy enters, says, Beth plopped a smoocher on him. Gave him a big old kiss. Oh, boy. On the first date. That hussy. (sighs) That's all I got to say. Jeez. Hussy. My mom would have called her a fast girl. My mom always told me to stay away from fast girls. Those are the kind I tried (laughs) to seek out. That's exactly, yeah. That's exactly the effect that had on me. I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, why? So I'm going to tell my kids, don't go to school. Don't go to college. Fuck you, Dad. Fuck you. I'm going to be at school every day. I'm going to be a doctor, Dad. Good. <laughs> I hate that. Don't you ever do that. The last thing I want you to do is make enough money to support me someday. Just sit around and do a bunch of drugs. That's all I want you to do. Well, Screw you, Dad. Yeah. I'm going to have a future. I'm never going to do that. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> Oh, little Johnny, you don't know what's good for you like I do. It's those drugs, I tell you. Don't go to college. (laughs) Reverse psychology, man. We're learning a lot from Frazier. Local man cracks the code to raising children. Oh, what a delight. He wrote a book that's a bestseller. Unbelievable. Well, hang with us next week. It'll be episode... What is this? Is this episode 20 next week? Big 2-0, bud. Oh, my gosh. It's the episode 40-something. So... 20, 40-something. Episode 20, it's 40-something. Wow. Check it out next week. If you did enjoy this episode of Sideshow Frasier, good for you. You don't have to do anything. If you want to leave us a review somewhere, go for it. I'm sure you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or some other podcast provider that you enjoy. Go up there. Fill out a review. I don't care what it says. Put something in there, why don't you? Let them know Sideshow Frasier was listened to by a human. Thank you for all of your time on another exciting edition of Sideshow Frasier. I'm Steve Shackelford, Strip Mall Steve. I've been joined by Jordan Wilson on another edition. Sideshow Frasier! (laughs) 